You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine. Today I want to share with you how to be a happy, helpful, and holy Christian from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 28. We've been going through the book of 1 Thessalonians this summer, and it's the last Sunday before Labor Day, which signals the end of summer for us here in Minnesota. So uh, I'm going to uh, finish this book today. So let's start with it. So uh, number one, be helpful. Be helpful. So Paul had addressed the uh, church at Thessalonica on how to live the Christian life. Uh, They're standing in Christ. Uh, told them about the return of Jesus and a bit about their eternity. And now he's teaching them or telling them how to live life while they're waiting for Christ to return, how the church is supposed to get along with each other and uh, other ways that uh, we're to serve the Lord and to be holy. So, number one, be helpful. Be helpful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 through 15. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, and be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. All right, so the first thing it says is that the church is supposed to honor and respect the leaders. So often God calls someone to be the leader of the church. Usually it's the pastor and the elders. So I remember when I was interviewing for my first full-time ministry opportunity, the senior pastor said, you may know more than me, but I know that God has called me to lead this church. And if you want to come alongside and help and uh, serve with me, I'd be glad to have you. Um, So... Uh, I acknowledged that God called him to be the leader, and I was his helper, and it was a great relationship. I acknowledged that he was in the driver's seat, and uh, that's where God had placed them, and that acknowledgement uh, led to a great opportunity, a great experience. Anyway, so honor the people in ministry, honor the leaders of the church, and to respect them and show them love. So um, we'll move on. So let's talk about the way that we should treat people that are in the church that uh, Paul had identified, those four specific groups, the lazy, the timid, the weak, and the mean. Hopefully you are none of those. Hopefully you're not lazy, not timid, not weak, and not mean. So anyway, but Paul, (laughs) Paul told us to encourage and care for and to support those people. So toward the lazy, Paul asked the Christians in the church to come in the church of Thessalonica, to come alongside and warn the lazy. So uh, the Greek word translated lazy was used for soldiers who would not stay in the ranks. These people had set themselves outside the prescribed pattern for the church. Everyone else was working and serving, but they would not. In 2 Thessalonians 3.11, Paul calls them busybodies, these people. So the problem with idle people is that because they are not busy enough with valuable activities, they usually stir up trouble of one kind or another. These people need to be warned to get back in among the believers and use their God-given gifts and service for the kingdom. All right, toward the timid, toward the timid, Paul called for encouragement 
uh, means to come alongside with helpful instruction and insight. So the lazy need to be warned, but the timid need to be encouraged. The timid are the fearful people who lack confidence, perhaps in themselves or even in their faith. They have become discouraged or worried, possibly by persecution or by the deaths of their fellow believers. These people need loving instruction from their fellow believers to calm their fears and to build their confidence toward the weak. Toward the weak, Paul demanded caring assistance, uh, tender take tender care or help. It means to hold on to these people, wrap your arms around them, and cling to them. This is this kind of help is suggested for the spiritually weak, those weak in faith, those in need, such as financial need, those who might have been struggling or might be struggling with the sins associated with paganism that Paul wrote about in First Thessalonians chapter four. So uh, struggling, needy, or immature Christians who need the arms of strong fellow believers to guide them, give them support, and let them know they are not alone. Toward the mean. Toward the mean. All right, God called for compassion and for us to do good. You know, you always come out ahead when you treat people better than they deserve. You know, there might be a time when you call in Christian lawyers or a time when you uh, stand up when you're being wronged. But usually, uh, you try to err on the side of grace and kindness. So uh, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. To a church under persecution, the command against retaliation is especially important. So uh, Jesus said, I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you in Matthew 5:39. So uh, the Jews were looking for a Messiah that was going to take action. They wanted a mighty warrior, not some meek person with these kind of statements. So any Messiah who would turn the other cheek was not the military leader they wanted to lead a revolt against Rome. Because they were under Roman oppression, they wanted retaliation against their hated enemies. Instead, Jesus suggested a new radical response to injustice. Instead of demanding rights, give them up freely. According to Jesus, it's more important to give justice and mercy than to receive it. You know, in Romans chapter 12, verse 17 to 21, Paul had written, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that for the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing, so, you, in doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil... Evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So, um, so in a world filled with people who have problems, it's our responsibility as Christians to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So Paul called on the Thessalonian Christians to always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. So active Christianity begins with a demonstration of kindness, and we are to be helpful. So number two, be happy. Be happy. Now, the scripture actually says joyful, but I wanted to have three points that all started with H. So we're going with happy. Uh, if you are truly joyful, then you will feel happy. So I think it works. So verse 16, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. And be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So always be joyful. I read a story of a woman and her daughter shopping. A woman and her daughter were out doing their Christmas shopping. The crowds were pressing against them from every side. The mother had skipped lunch because she was on such a tight schedule. Her feet were killing her because she didn't have the right shoes on. She was tired and hungry. 
as they left the last store, she asked her daughter, Did you see the nasty look that salesman gave me? And the daughter answered, He didn't give it to you, Mom. You had it when you went in. So Paul suggested exchanging that nasty look for a joyful attitude. Always be joyful and give thanks in all circumstances. So we can't choose everything about our lives. We can't choose... Uh, we couldn't choose when we were born. We couldn't choose to who we were born to or the genetics or the race we are. Um, <clears throat> we need to accept those things and be joyful and thankful. Um, other ways we feel stuck, we might not be able to get out of, like um, our financial situation, um, our status in life, uh, many of those things uh, we just deal with. But we can choose to be joyful. We can choose to be thankful. We can choose to trust Jesus in the midst of it. So we may not be the richest person in the world. We may not be the poorest person in the world. Uh, but we may not have more than we need. We might just live paycheck to paycheck in, in reliance on the Lord. And you know what? That might be the best way to live anyway. Uh, Viktor Frankl, an Austrian psychiatrist who survived six years in a Nazi concentration camp, wrote in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, that the one thing no one can ever take away from us is the freedom to choose the attitude with which we approach any task or problem or opportunity in our lives. So we need to choose to be joyful. We need to choose to be happy. Pray continually. So we should be praying before uh, the day starts, before the situation happens, before uh, the thing we need. Uh, we should pray beforehand. We should pray during. We should pray during the difficult test. We should pray during uh, the difficult, uh, or even the happy times. We should be praying during, and we should pray after. So we should pray after we've spoken, after the things that we've done or said. We should pray that the things that we've uh, attempted to do for Christ would be successful. We should pray that, I pray this all the time, I pray that the words that I say that are helpful would take root, and the words that I said that weren't helpful or weren't necessary, would evaporate and disappear and wouldn't be remembered. So that's a lot harder when you record things on video or audio. So anyway, um, we need to connect Jesus. We, we need to connect with Jesus and the Holy Spirit often, more than we access Siri or the Google Voice. I used to say the Google Lady, but now I just noticed my phone gave me like seven or eight different choices. So now it's just the Google Voice. But anyway, uh, give thanks. Be a thankful person. Don't be impossible to please. It seems like people have gotten really short-tempered and impossible to please ever since they started wearing masks. Do they think that people aren't going to know who they are behind those masks? Anyway, number three, and we're going to spend the most time on this point. Number three, be holy. So Paul wants to show the Thessalonians how to be holy. God wants us to be holy as he is holy. And this is a list of some things that we can do to um, be more holy. Um, so, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 28. Uh, here's the list. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. As your brothers and sisters pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a sacred kiss. I command you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And that's the end of the book.
So that is the end of First Thessalonians. So uh, I like to say, let's pick this apart like a chicken. So uh, anyway, uh, let's grab some things here that we don't have to uh, focus on. So um, one of the most exciting things I find in this passage that we're looking at right here is that we're told to stay away from evil and we're to be holy and that God will make this happen. So that God is going to make us holy, that God's going to complete the work he's begun in us, that he who calls us is faithful. So I find great excitement in that, and that is a great encouragement. So as we struggle, as we uh, keep trying to uh, put off sin and put on Christ, as we pursue sanctification and holiness, that we know that we are in a process that is guaranteed to work, because God is guaranteeing that it's going to happen. So, all right, so that was in uh, verse 24. God will make this happen. He who calls you is faithful. Uh, dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. That is so huge that we pray for one another, that we care for one another. And then it says, greet all the brothers and sisters with a sacred kiss. Well, that is not allowed in the COVID environment. That's more than a handshake. I don't think that's going to be allowed. So not even with a mask on. But um, what I think that's saying is that uh, culturally relevant greeting is, is important. So uh, back then, a sacred kiss. Uh, here, maybe, it uh, used to be a handshake. Now, I don't know if it's, what is it? It's an elbow bump or a foot tap. I don't really know. But something that shows you care. So, uh, something that's socially acceptable. So, I think that you would look at me strangely if you, was, if you were walking in the door and I was greeting your family all with a sacred kiss. So, uh, anyway. Um, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. They didn't have the Bible like we do uh, on our phones, on our tablets, on our computers, in print. So we have um, all that now, but we should still share it. We can share it with social networking. We can share it um, in many different ways. We can tell other people what we've been reading and uh, so share this. But back then, uh, what it really meant is that everybody doesn't have the Bible. So uh, read this letter out loud. Uh, go from place to place and share this with the other Christ followers. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Uh, to have Jesus' grace following us all the days of our lives uh, is so awesome and so wonderful. We are saved by His grace, not by works so that we can't boast. So this list isn't something that if we do all these things on the list, then we're guaranteed salvation. No, instead, if we are truly saved, if we're truly in Christ, then we'll want to do the things on these lists. <clears throat> so, uh, I think I picked a lot of it apart. Um, let me uh, jump up to verse 23. Stay away from every kind of evil. Um, stay away from every kind of evil. How do you do that in the world that we live in? You know, we can choose the movies that we watch or we can choose um, the way that we watch it. Um, years ago, I used to uh, subscribe to clean films. So I would watch a movie that was rated R, but after clean films got done with it, it was like rated PG. So um, sometimes the movie would be like a two-hour movie, and by the time they took all the objectionable content out of it, it was like an hour and 15 minutes. But anyway, um, and now they have the Bid Angel filter that allows you to uh, filter Netflix and Amazon movies and TV um, programs. Um, anyway, we can choose a lot of the things that we subject ourselves to, but there's other things in the world that we can't. We can't filter out everything. Uh, when we go to the playground now, even the little kids are saying words that would um, not be acceptable. That when I was when I was a kid, you get your mouth washed out with soap. But um, anyway, so we can't shelter ourselves 
but we can choose to reject concepts. We can choose to acknowledge that the people that are saying these kinds of things aren't in the same place that we are. We can choose to uh, reach out to them in Christian love, but not adopt their customs. We need to make sure that we don't get tricked into uh, Satan's lies. Uh, it's important the music that we listen to. Uh, sometimes the words can just slip into our minds. Um, and we're like, oh, well, I just listen to the music because I like the way it sounds. But then all of a sudden, uh, you realize that you can repeat all the lyrics. So what just happened there? It's like someone just laid a, a lyric track in your brain, and hopefully it won't affect your decisions or the way you think about things. So um, that's why I choose to basically just listen to, to Christian music. So I listen to a lot of Christian music right now on Spotify. But anyway, um, so picking this apart, uh, now let's look at stifling the Holy Spirit, uh, scoffing at prophecies, and uh, sanctification, pursuing holiness. All right, so verse 19, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. So uh, sometimes people want to take this to just mean um, about uh, foretelling prophecies and speaking in tongues and the sign gifts, gifts of healing, things like that. You know, those are things that can be abused. Those are things that people can um, pretend they have that uh, when they um, try to use them or try to trick people, it can be very hurtful. Um, it can make people suspicious. It can be a spiritual form of spiritual abuse. It can turn people away from Christ. So the Corinthians were really excited to use spiritual gifts, and it was like Paul had to pull in the reins a bit. Uh, the Thessalonians, they seemed to be more cautious, so maybe uh, they were being abused or, or whatever. But Paul is saying, um, you know, don't, don't shut down what the Holy Spirit's doing. So other versions translate the verse, don't put out the Spirit's fire or don't quench the Spirit. So uh, the Holy Spirit's work in general in the church, uh, the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. The Holy Spirit empowers us for ministry. The Holy Spirit actually um, helps us to even have the right words to say. The Holy Spirit gives each person in the church at least one spiritual gift. Uh, the Holy Spirit works in our lives to help us to be uh, more like Jesus and to be more effective serving Jesus. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit working, um, we want to make sure that we leave room for the Spirit to work. And um, there's many things I could talk more about this, but I just know that there's some people that proclaim there are miracles when there's not miracles. Uh, they proclaim that there is some prophecy that doesn't come true. They claim that they've had visions from the Lord that they really haven't had. And on the other hand, there's people that are praying to be healed and they are healed. There's people that are praying for miracles to happen, and they do happen. There's people that are praying, um, and God is giving them Holy Spirit-infused uh, insight uh, to what's going on, and um, the Holy Spirit's actively working in their life. So anyway, um, don't quench the Spirit's fire. Uh, don't stifle the Spirit. Don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. So here's the question on this one is, what is prophecies? What is prophetic? Is it foretelling uh, the future? Uh, God's going to do this, this, and this on these certain dates? Or is it forthtelling? So that one is for with an E, and this one's forthtelling with a TH. Um, forthtelling the future, or forthtelling the scriptures, or forthtelling life events based on the Word of God. So what it is, I believe, is the Holy Spirit gives the person, gives you, gives the person they're using, the insight 
the spiritual ability to know what's going on in somebody's life so that they can apply rightly chosen scripture to their situation to help them in their time of need to encourage them to strengthen them to exhort them to get them to change forth telling the word of god so they didn't make up anything new they just rightly applied god's word to somebody's life so is it foretelling is it foretelling in the all right so paul's solution was to um, test everything Paul wrote to the Christians at uh, Thessalonica, a reminder that they needed to pay attention to the prophetic word and test everything. So um, so what are some ways that you can put things to the test? Um, don't be gullible. Apply spiritual tests to all that claims to be from God. So ask, does it honor God? Does it connect with Jesus' teaching? Does it build up believers? You know, don't believe everyone who claims to be from God that they are from God and don't believe everyone who claims to have the truth that they actually have the truth and don't believe that everybody that says they can do a miracle or they can heal a person uh, that they actually can uh, you can test that you can try that but be careful be cautious be wary put things to the test so that the ideas you live by and the ministries to which you give yourself will contribute to your spiritual development so on Acts 17, 11, the Berean Christians, I would say, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. So they were searching the scriptures as things were being taught to see if it lined up. And that is a noble thing to do. Be like the Bereans. So Satan wants to... Uh, deceive us, give us counterfeits, counterfeit miracles. Uh, the Bible says that he masquerades as an angel of light in 1 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, that he acts like he's good when he's not. He wants to deceive us. And, you know, sometimes it can just be, um, lead to disappointment, but it can also lead to um, eternally missing out on uh, Christ in your life and being eternally separated from God. Satan wants to do everything he can to accuse us, trick us, deceive us, destroy us. And uh, so we need to be careful of those things. But anyway, we need to be careful of those types of things. So um, we need to be careful that we don't say God never does that kind of thing. But we also need to be careful that says that, oh, whatever you say, God must be doing. Hope that makes sense. I'm especially um, <clears throat> wary of things where uh, people say, God told me that you should, or God told me that you will, or God told me that this is going to happen to you. So um, my experience has been that when God's been working on my heart, there's going to be a change in my life or something coming up that often God is working on my heart. And I find out that God is work also working on my wife's heart. And that then we find that somebody out of the blue comes and also encourages us in a certain way or um, with a message from the Lord. So it isn't that Wow, that took me by surprise. Didn't see that coming. It's usually like um, it's a confirmation to what the Holy Spirit's been saying in my life. So anyway, uh, so many things we could talk about that. But anyway, we want to look for chapter and verse to um, verify that. See, hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. So hold on to what is good. I already talked about that a little bit. But um, we need to do all that we can to serve Christ in this sin-laden world. Um, but on the other hand, we don't want to get caught up in it. We don't want to give the devil a foothold. We don't want to get sucked into the culture. Uh, we want to live for Christ 
and honor him in every way in the things that we choose to do and say and watch and meditate on and think about and so there's three aspects of sanctification so first positional sanctification which was accomplished through Christ's sacrifice at the moment of salvation when we believed in Jesus we were positionally sanctified and set apart to the Lord forever then there's progressive sanctification which is ongoing throughout our life where we um, are becoming more and more like Jesus. We're putting off sin and being filled with the Spirit and growing in grace and uh, becoming more like Jesus. Progressive sanctification. Then there's perfect sanctification, which will happen the instant we see the Lord. First John 3, 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. In First John 3, 2. All right, now it's time for communion. We have communion usually the first Sunday of the month, but since it's a holiday weekend next week and we expect a lot of people to be gone, uh, we're going to have it today. It's the fifth Sunday of the month anyway. So um, if you want to go get uh, some crackers and juice or something for communion uh, to represent the blood and body of Christ, uh, bread, uh, crackers, um, juice or wine, uh, preferably something red, doesn't have to be. But anyway, something for communion. Uh, you can go ahead and put me on pause, and I'll be here when you get back. That's what I look like when I'm on pause. Anyway, so communion is for those people who have placed their faith in Christ. Uh, we call it getting saved, saved from our sins. So when you get saved, you are forgiven of your sins. You are assured heaven. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and helps you to live the Christian life, helps you by giving you a spiritual gift or gifts to use to serve the Lord and, and in the church, uh, <clears throat> so many other things. So, um, but uh, the reason that we need to be saved is because sin separates us from God. But Jesus died on the cross to uh, make a bridge from um, our sinfulness, uh, our sinful separation to a right relationship with God. So uh, to do that, a great way to do that is to express your I uh, desire through prayer, praying something like, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. I acknowledge that you died on the cross and rose again. I want to follow you. Please make me the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. That is a great way to uh, start your new life in Christ. And if you've done that, let us know so we can send you a link or resources to help you grow in your Christian life. So anyway, communion, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Paul writes, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So, that's what we're to do. It is a great remembrance of what Christ has done. So, we're using these pre-made, uh, pre-packaged communion things where you take the plastic cover off for the communion wafer. And then you slowly pull the aluminum foil cover off without spilling it on yourself. All right, I'm ready. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much that we can use video 
or audio, as you reach into the lives of people, wherever they're at. Lord, I thank you that you gave your body uh, for our sin, that you shed your blood to cover the cost of our sins. Lord, I thank you that you took our place for all the things that we've done to offend God, to make us right in God's sight, to make it so that we can be adopted as children of God. What a great thing. There's so many things we can say about that. But Jesus, I just thank you for the opportunities. I thank you for um, this time that we have. Um, we take this and we eat. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for anybody that's watching this that has a need. I pray that you would help them to get that need filled. Lord, I pray that you would bring a cure to this COVID virus. I pray that you would help the anxious to have courage. I pray that they would experience peace. I pray for the kids going back to school to stay healthy. I pray for the parents that have to juggle work schedules and school schedules and everything with that. I pray for all the people that have to work all the time wearing masks. Lord, I pray that you would help us in all the uh, political um, conflict and racial division. And Lord, I pray for peace. Lord, I pray for revival. I pray that um, many people would uh, find new faith in you and find peace in you. Lord, I pray that you would create a revival in our country. Lord, I pray you'd bless anybody who um, has spent time watching this today and that they would be able to take something good from it. So ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, just real quick, if um, you appreciate River Rock Church, uh, if you would help support us through uh, giving, that would be awesome. Uh, Riverrockchurch.com slash give. Uh, you can give to P.O. Box 184, Bell Plain, Minnesota, 56011. Uh, if you have a prayer request or a praise you want to share, go to riverrockchurch.com slash pray. If you want to see more videos of, uh, of our pre-made videos before Sunday that we're making so that people that can't come to church have something to watch for stay-at-home church or because they have to work or uh, they're a vulnerable person that could get sick easy, uh, they don't want to go out. <clears throat> anyway. Um, riverrockchurch.com slash watch or riverrockchurch.com slash listen. So if you want to see what groups we have going on, riverrockchurch.com slash groups. So anyway, and then, um, yeah, so I'm out of time, but, um, if you want to come to church, if you're actually watching this on Saturday and you want to come to church on Sunday, uh, look on our website and see where we're meeting for an outdoor service. And, uh, it'd be great to see you. We do so much more than just listen to a message. Uh, we sing, we encourage each other, we pray for each other. Uh, live church is so much better than video church. Anyway, uh, have yourself a great week and uh, hope that you'll uh, tune in again. Thanks. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.